Okay, so uh, we're on joy, the week uh, three. First week was hope. We talked about the hope candle and what hope means during Christmas time. Um, they had waited. I know, I know that many of us, you know, when we were younger and stuff, you, the anticipation of Chris, Christmas and you're like, I hope I get that one gift. You know, we're, we're really excited about that one gift. And we wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And you feel like we wait forever. And usually it's about two weeks of wait, okay, before you get to that day. And you get to open and find out whether you got it or not. And you usually get it. Imagine waiting over 2,000 years. That's what the Jews waited that was their long-awaited hope. That's a long time. And then we talked about love and how when Jesus came, he didn't come just to teach us love. He came to show us love. That's just a huge, that's just incredible that he would do such a thing like that. And then we, then we get into this joy, and uh, um, sometimes, sometimes Christmas, when you have a Christmas time, it's not always joyful, okay? And I know um, last year we were heading up to Indiana, and my wife was really concerned because uh, her dad was not doing well, okay? Now... Probably, probably like all of you, um, as you're growing up, uh, your dads are, you know, as kids, your dads are the strongest man you know, and the smartest man you know, and, and uh, that's who you admire in many ways as you're growing, and, and so she was concerned about how Christmas would be. And it actually happened a little bit after Christmas last year that uh, we got a phone call and uh, Sherry's dad did not wake up one morning and they were in a panic. He's, he won't wake up. He's alive. He just won't wake up. And they tried and tried to get him up and he couldn't get up. He just wouldn't wake up. And uh, this man, this man's a very, very, very smart man. I mean, he knows everything about central Indiana. I mean, you could ask him anything. He could give you, okay, this, this went up then. Uh, this is what they did then. And he could just tell you everything. Well, he went from knowing absolutely everything to basically just sitting there. It was like, what is going on? And the doctors, they couldn't figure anything out. He wouldn't eat. He wouldn't do anything. I mean, he just sat there, and it's like something is going on. Well, after about eight months of doing studies and tests, they finally figured out that he had had several mini-strokes, several. And his... The doctors just told him, the best you can do is just keep him comfortable. So if he doesn't want to eat, don't make him eat. Uh, he only has to take one pill, so 
All the rest he doesn't have to take, but he needs to take his heart pill. That's it. And if he doesn't want to eat, don't make him eat. Just let him sit there. And, you know, in the past year, he's probably lost um, 80 pounds in the past year. I got to see him a few weeks ago. And they had told me how bad he was and that he uses a walker now. And I came in and I sat down next to him and he said, how was your trip up? I said, it was, it was really pleasant. I was expecting him not to be able to communicate really well. And I mean, he's just like, so did you come up regular interstate or did you come up back roads to take Highway 3 or what'd you do? And... He knew everybody in town. He knew everything about central Indiana. And it was like, holy smoke, he knows what high school won the state championship in every year. He knew, it didn't matter, it was the same conversation that we had always had. I mean, I sat down and he's just, he knows everybody, everything, just like he used to. And I'm like, this is crazy. And so my wife is reading books about the mind right now. And so I'm fascinated with the mind right now. And I'm, what this is called, this is a big word, okay? But what this is called is called neuroplasticity. If your mind is shut off, shut off trying to reach a target that it's used to reaching I'm putting this as layman terms as I possibly can Google Maps okay you punch in Google Maps tells you to go someplace roads closed okay Google Maps redirects your mind redirects works around those closed areas and reconnects again it's like, holy smoke, this is absolutely incredible what the mind can do. And so um, I had, I've gotten into this guy this past week, couple weeks. Um, his name's Andrew Huberman. Huberman. And he, he is an expert in neuroplasticity, okay? And he talks about different ways of connecting your mind and doing things. And, in, and what we can do to exercise our minds to help do these things. And it, uh, he's got tons of stuff online. I mean, you will never go for lack of information if you look up something on Andrew Huberman. Huberman. And so, as I'm studying for my sermon... I'm looking up and trying to find out things about joy, okay, for this week. And joy, just to give you an idea, because I've got to do this because you guys have learned um, all these important Hebrew words that you will never use again for the rest of your lives. And so I don't want to disappoint you. So the Hebrew word for joy is samach. There's that little thing in the back of your throat again, okay? And it's a hard word. Here's the thing. Jews and Christians 
in the history of time and space talk about joy. Okay? Are you with me? You can just about look up any other religion that you want, and they talk about happiness. Isn't that funny? In the distinction between the two words. Happiness is usually caused because of circumstances, whatever the circumstances are. Joy, on the other hand, is in spite of circumstances, you still have joy. In this Samach, in the Old Testament, is used many times in Scripture. It's used here in Deuteronomy. For seven days you must celebrate this festival that they're talking about. It's the festival of booths or tabernacle. For seven days you must celebrate this festival to honor the Lord your God at the place he chooses. For it is he who blesses you with bountiful harvest and gives you success in all your work. This festival will be a time of great joy. Samach for all. That's what it says. And just about every time it's used, it's used like this. Now, it's really hard to get you, get you guys a word picture on what joy means to the Hebrews. And I'm like, how can I get a word picture? And this past week, the, you know, in a child's life, something doesn't go right, they lose it. Are you with me? Everybody has that? You can see this in your mind right now. Okay? Yet, if mommy holds them, they can be whimpering, but they are at peace. Because they're being held by mommy. This samach means the world could be going crazy, but trust that the Father is holding you. Just trust it. And that's Samach. In the New Testament, it goes on, and they use the word uh, kara. Okay? And basically, it means the same thing. It's, it's Jesus has got a hold of you. He's got this. And it's, it's like there's religious distinctions between the two. I mean, it is, it is unreal. I didn't realize it until I really got studying it that the reason why we don't let the things of the world get to us is because... We've got the one that made the world holding us. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's, that's the word picture. That's the thought behind it. Now, Paul takes some steps in order to help us get to this. In the New Testament, one of the first times that we see kara is in Luke chapter 2. I think I've got this up here. But the angel reassured them, this same scripture we said earlier, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. What's that great joy? What's that great satisfaction? Knowing that God himself has got you. I am doing something no one would ever do. 
I'm doing a new thing altogether. I've got this. And you don't have to worry about the things of the world because Jesus will override the things of the world. You see where it's getting at? Joy is deeper than a happiness. And so Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, gives us some steps that we can learn about uh, being joyful. So it's, it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 and following. And it says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, dear friends, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is what Paul tells us in Philippians. It's some simple commandments. First thing he wants you to do in verse 5. Remember the Lord is coming soon. When things are bad and all the world is going crazy around you, you and I need to go to God. He's got it. He's got it. How can you sit there so calmly when the world is going crazy? Because I know the one who controls the world. I know the one who controls everything. That's how I can be calm. That's how I can still have joy. Okay? The next verse, go on to the next one. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Gratitude. We need to have gratitude. We need to have a, have a heart of thanks. Here's the weird thing. A lot of people don't know this. Well, you probably do. The history of Thanksgiving. When we hear the th history of Thanksgiving, the first thing we find out is we should not be celebrating that at all. Okay? We find out real quick. We should stay, steer clear of the of the holiday of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was actually proclaimed a holiday for the first time under Abraham Lincoln in 1863. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know what was taking place in 1863? A civil war. A civil war was taking place. Do you know why the first Thanksgiving was called? Abraham Lincoln, let me see if, let me see if I wrote it down. Yeah, I did. He declared thanks, that Thanksgiving would be a national day of thanksgiving and praise for the kind hand of God Almighty in heaven. That we, Thanksgiving was called for the first time during a civil war, okay? That we should repent of our national perverseness. This is what Abraham Lincoln said. National perverseness in disobedience of our nation 
and fervently appeal to our Heavenly Father to heal our land and the wounds of the nation. That was the beginning of Thanksgiving. That was the first time he called it a national holiday, was in 1863. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of chaos taking place, he said, we need to get near to God and thank him for what he does and have gratitude. That is powerful. The next one that we want to look at is verse 8. Then you will experience God's peace that exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. He will guard. He will guard us. Our thoughts, our minds, and, and Jesus himself will guard us as long as we direct our joy his way. Okay? The next one, the next one, I don't know if I even put this, yeah, I did. Verse 8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Basically, this is what Paul's saying. We got to get focused. We got to get in focus of what things are taking place. Now, here's the interesting thing. Again, I was told you earlier that I was studying Dr. Huberman. And as I'm looking at this thing and I'm studying him, many of the things that he talks about are get for us to get our focus better. They're simple things. I mean, they're really simple things. What's interesting is Huberman right now is going through a spiritual journey himself. When he first began to teach this, he would say, I really would like for you guys to get your minds into a state where you, you're like meditating. And I'm watching that, and I'm like, eh, I don't like that, but it's not a big deal with me. Whenever I hear that, I just immediately think, pray. I, I, it's not a big deal with me, but that's the first thing I think of. Well, what's interesting is now he is going through a spiritual journey, and so every morning, I think it's every morning, he gets into an ice bath, and he takes a three-minute ice bath every morning. And as he's in there, he prays out loud to God, the Father. And he says, it's amazing what it does to his mind to pray speaking out loud to God. And he gives, he gives very simple techniques that you just never think about. He says that helps rewire your minds. Very simple techniques that rewire your mind. And I'm watching his video, and I'm thinking of, Billy, go back to verse 8. Fix your thoughts on what is true. What is Paul doing to us there? He's teaching us to rewire our minds. He's teaching us a whole new way of thinking. We let the world get to us. We let the world take our joy and steal our joy from us. And he's saying, ah, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing before you go any further. Fix your thoughts on what is true. 
What is true? Jesus Christ. What is honorable? Jesus Christ. What is right? Jesus Christ. You guys with it? You getting it? What is pure? You guys tell me. What is lovely? This is what Paul's doing. He's just rewiring us. I'm like, isn't it? Sometimes it just amazes me when that it takes 2,000 years and that today's scientists are saying the same thing that Paul said 2,000 years ago. we got to rewire ourselves. Because let me tell you, the world is going crazy, and it's going crazy fast. And if we don't have the answer, if we don't stay calm and have our joy, we're like the rest of the world. 